Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. This is the first in a series of three with our friends at Quinix Workforce Management and Concrete. And I'm delighted to say for all three, we're going to be joined by Sammy Walton and Dan Collette. Hi, Sammy. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for having me. Good. You're welcome. And hi, Dan. How are you? Hi, I'm very good. Very good. Thank you very much. Good. So first of three, today we're going to talk about how to attract and retain staff. I think really topical as the time of recording and we'll get into the detail. So before we do that, first of three episodes, let's find out a bit more about you guys. So Sammy, I know you're a massive uh, advocate of the whole Quinix workforce management solution and all the things it brings in terms of empowering colleagues and making colleagues and customers happy. But tell us a bit about yourself first and then a bit about the Quinix solution. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely am. It's even even reflected in my in my job title. So I've been with Quinix about uh, seven years or so now. I've uh, even before Quinix spent my time bouncing between uh, running product teams and, and, and sales teams. And, and that's uh, I think gives me quite a quite a cool perspective on 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 things from both sides. So with Quinix, I was running the global sales engineering team for a few years, and then the product team for a while, and and now moved into a into a role that we call uh, head of product uh, evangelism, and that that really means that I'm I'm super drunk on the uh, on the Quinix Kool Aid. I believe in very much believe in what we do, uh, and I get the the benefit of having a really fun job of of talking about our value and and helping customers realize the the value of the product and, and their uh, and their businesses. So, yeah, Quinix is uh, we've we've uh, been around for quite some time now. We still sometimes I guess feel like the new kids on the block with our our new tools and sort of an underdog in terms of workforce management trying to. Uh, bring a lot of uh, engagement and, and and fun to the to the workplace while keeping businesses on track with optimization and productivity. So we we build a suite of workforce management tools, everything from scheduling, mobile apps. Uh, we use a lot of AI technology in our in our forecasting, and um, we've recently been joined by the uh, acquisition of, of Concrete, so they've joined us as well. But uh, together now we have, I guess, just over a million users worldwide across uh, five or six key industries there, which uh, uh, which we're really excited to to bring more and more functionality to. So um, yeah, it's great great to be here. Brilliant. And and Dan, as Sammy said, you're a kind of new member to the Quinix family. So again, tell us a bit about yourself and a bit about the Concrete platform and the this new uh, new addition to the family that you've become part of. Yes, a, a very cool family to be part of. Um, so I'll start with Concrete. Concrete's been around uh, quite some time uh, working in the retail space, looking at retail task management, uh, engagement operations, um, really sort of focusing in those areas. Um, we've started to see some real sort of synergies between what we do and what, what Quinix do as well. So it's a really good partnership. And it's really exciting. It's been a couple of months so far, um, a lot going on, a lot of new ideas being thrown around, which hopefully you guys are going to hear through these podcasts. Um, I've been in product most of my career, uh, really four years now at Concrete, um, where my roles become a lot more operational. Uh, but yeah, really a, a product focus all through my career in financial services, in civil engineering, uh, and now in the sort of retail task management space. Um, yeah, so that's that's me really. Excellent, brilliant. So early days in the in the kind of adopted child, let's say. But I'm sure you you feel part of the family already, and lots more exciting things to come. 
Oh, very, very much, yeah. Good. So, as we said at the start, today we're going to talk about how to attract and retain staff, and I think it's probably worth just setting the context from from what we see, and we'll get your views if if you've got anything different to add. It's challenging labour market. I think there's more jobs than people. I think we're kind of kind of seeing the impact of Brexit post COVID. We've got a war on uh, hyperinflation. So there's a kind of perfect storm coming out of COVID, which I don't think is the new normal that any of us imagined. And hopefully it'll be around for only a short period of time. But everybody, whether that be retailers, hospitality, certainly here at Rethink, we are, I'm sure you guys at Quinix are, are really struggling to attack attract top talent and then keep that talent because there's kind of a bidding war going on in terms of salary and benefits in the market which reading the papers this current weekend probably and I agree with isn't sustainable that will only go so far and then it starts to become self-fulfilling so are you Sammy seeing those things with your customers in terms of labor market challenges from a, a global perspective and across verticals yeah abs- absolutely it's something that's affected us all and and in a in a way the situation we find ourselves in now and our customers find ourselves in uh, is is sort of a really good time for workforce management technology, I guess, because it's starting to, to highlight a lot of problems in the in the uh, industry and in different different industries, uh, different types of problems that that we believe technology can can help uh, help bring a lot of respite to as well, and and I think workforce management as a as a whole is moving into this sort of new chapter that requires businesses to manage their workforce in different ways uh, and technology its part uh, tends to evolve now and play a slightly different part beyond just being functional I think it, it starts to focus on some of the soft abilities as well so uh, I really believe that technology has a strong part to play in both attracting staff to want to come and work for a business and enabling those staff to work while they're at the business and, and making sure that they, they feel aligned alignment between their values and the business values and they feel like there is opportunity inside the workplace and they can interact and engage with the business using technology in really key ways. So we're definitely seeing it across all the industries we work with. Uh, it's definitely a global issue, but even, every industry tends to have its its own spin on that that issue uh, or those issues, uh, and therefore we need to look at different tools that can help uh, bring some of bring some respite to those different industries. Absolutely, I think we'll come on to kind of some of those topics in terms of other benefits and and um, how that could be addressed in terms of the wider package other than just pay. And Dan, again from a customer point of view, a client point of view, you've seen those same trends. Clearly, I think probably plays into task management as well in terms of I might need to be a lot more structured in the way I organize my people and day because there might not be as many of them because we're short-staffed or covering other stores because they're short-staffed there's there's that whole ways of working which is I think it's starting to challenge very much so um what we're seeing is stores or locations really wanting to understand uh, the work that needs to be done at the right time and I think this is where we start to see this really wonderful relationship between uh, task management, engagement uh, and workforce management. They really start to complement each other in a really nice way. Excellent. And 
Sammy, I think there's an easy option to all this, isn't it? Is I just pay people more. So actually, I'll just go and outbid everybody on the market to get the best people for my stores, warehouse, call center, job done. I'm slightly nervous about that approach because I'm not sure it's sustainable. And I think there's there's a real risk on the company side and the colleague side from doing that. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a nice thought that you can just throw money at the problem and have it resolved. But I, I think that... Uh, in some cases, you're going to find businesses just cannot afford to throw money at the problem. They cannot afford to just start paying people more. And on the back of that, it also affects inflation as well. So if everyone was to do that, we're going to see inflation take a take a big uh, spike uh, more so than it has already. So uh, yeah, it, uh, actually, the other point to, to make on that is we, we do a, a lot of surveys ourselves uh, annually. Uh, we call it the state of the deathless workforce. Uh, and uh, we work with a lot of uh, other companies like uh, Forrester and, and, and Gartner to, to gather information and, and do some market research. And, and the data tends to suggest that money is not the top driver for retaining staff. People leave businesses more often than not for reasons not associated to how much they're being paid, but for reasons uh, such as engagement or, or, or negative negativity in the workplace or they don't like their manager or they don't believe in what the company is is doing they don't feel like they're making a change and they don't feel like the business values the work that they do so so yeah i mean if you if you throw money at the problem if you can afford to you may still not be able to drive uh, engagement and productivity all the way up um, to a, to a place where it's it's working for the business i would instead sort of think about how can you apply tools to, for your employees to look at uh, some extra benefits. Uh, and some of those benefits might even include a technology for how they interact with the business, the schedule, how they get to work, what they do at work, uh, but also how they get access to the money that they've already earned as well. So you don't necessarily have to pay more to add flexibility for employees' finances. I think to add to that as well, we're seeing seeing a, almost a generational shift now. It's no longer is the uh, the status and the job title I have a, a, a massive driving factor of, of people looking for work. Flexibility, I think, is is well up there with what we what people want out of their career. I think the the, the COVID pandemic showed that um, all of us that are fortunate to work in the office just took our computers home one day and people looked at that and said well actually that's quite a nice way of working this flexibility I have to take my kids to school to uh, go to the doctors when I need to is actually a real benefit and something that I'll aspire to do so that flexibility is a big change the other thing is the purpose behind what I'm doing I, I want to do meaningful things I want to achieve things and giving people tools that enable flexibility and purpose are a real driver from both Quinix and Concrete. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because you you've got that whole piece, as Sammy said, around pay, and I think the the stats that have been around for quite a while. I think if you give someone a pay increase because they were going to leave, they roughly only stay for the next three to six months anyway. Because again, back to your point, Sammy, those underlying issues are masked for a short period of time. But yeah. if you're not changing the purpose or the ways of working, they just shine through, and it irritated me before, and it'll irritate me again. But you're paying me slightly more to be irritated. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly right. And 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 the the example I sort of threw out there earlier about about having tools that that can add flexibility to money. I think we all remember in these in the UK these things called payday loans, which allowed employees to to get a loan until payday came around, and they they were largely unregulated for for some time. And and there's one example which is. Uh, sad in some ways and, and dangerous in a lot of others where I think a, a person was charged over 16 million percent for an 80 pound loan which is absolutely ridiculous but but we have tools inside the Quinix platform that allow you as an as an employee of a company to get access to the wages you've already earned in the schedule it doesn't cost you any extra it doesn't cost the business any extra it, it, and it just adds that flexibility meaning I, I might not have to wait till the end of the month to be paid. I can you know, get my car fixed after after two weeks and, and pull that money out and get the car fixed so I can continue to get to work. And that's a that's a big benefit. It reduces stress from from my my work life balance in that instance. And you talked around some other softer benefits that may be out there. And Dan, I think you measured kind of mentioned, sorry, yeah, upskilling, work life balancing, that whole flexibility piece company culture and purpose so people must have to work harder now around those things because i think every company's got a nice mission statement that says we do this for that reason i'm not sure some of those turn that into a purpose and live it and breathe it but maybe there's other things as well some softer things around actually in a retailer maybe i don't spend all the time on the checkout i'm trained to put stock out or do the cash office or some customer service duty so that there's still some things within that gift if we're kind of saying that pay isn't the be all and end all that we can do through a system like quinix and concrete or we can do kind of at a local store level yeah i totally agree i think there's one thing saying you're going to do it is the actionable work to actually achieve it um and we do see this in in the product. It's it's these big engagement pieces, building up the company cultures around stories that they're sending to all of their stores. Uh, and we're we're talking stores with massive networks, touching forty thousand employees. Um, and really, before we were able to put concrete into these into these stores, they had nothing to really do that. And that, that, that's huge really you're saying that you want to engage and empower your people you want to share your culture across what is the world uh, but you don't actually have the tools to deliver it and for us that's that's where we step in is we can actually be there to be the outlet for people to talk to people to engage and it doesn't always have to be about work it can be about the barbecue I had last weekend it can be uh, pictures of my dog it, it's stuff there to build relationships and as humans that's what we are we are social creatures and we often lose that uh, and the bigger the companies that we get uh, the more disparate the workforce uh, the harder that becomes so we need to build tools to adapt to that and that's that's really where we're starting to see uh, our product growing and this relationship with Quinix growing over time. I think, I think you raise a really good point there as well, Dan, about you know flexibility means different things to different businesses and different things to each of their individual employees. And, and really one of the things that we should be doing as employers 
is asking the employees what what does flexibility mean to them what are, what are they seeking because if we don't ask the question we just risk throwing potential solutions at the problem which turn out not to be solutions and maybe uh, in the worst case start to aggravate the problem and we saw it, uh, as a result of what happened during the pandemic uh you know everyone started doing things like shopping online and 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 doing everything digitally and working from home and and I was at a, a healthcare event a, a few weeks ago, and some of the stats that came out of that were that that a lot of healthcare workers were leaving for jobs in the gig style economy, like the Amazons and, and the Ubers and everything like that, because they had this added flexibility. Uh, they, I think, Amazon has just rolled out a, a, a scheduling. Uh, flexibility program that allows employees to to cancel shifts with 16 hours notice. And that's because they're attracting a a new type of worker. That could be someone that's looking for added flexibility because they're a single parent or or whatever. But they've done that based on what they've discovered will attract employees, but also retain the workforce that they've got and allow them to work in a more flexible way. So I think you really do need to sort of ask and do the research internally to find out what are your employees missing yeah i think that gets lost as well because we talk a lot about the employee here and to be honest that's that is the majority of our focus but the benefit is for the organizations and that's part of it often gets brushed aside when actually what am i going to achieve here well i'm going to have better people uh, for a longer time engaged in my products engaged in what I want to sell and uh, if you can get that right and you can keep these people it means when you put them on shift you've got the best person there to deal with the challenge that you know that's going to come and it's interesting isn't it because I mean we as you know measure lots of process and the effort that goes into recruitment even if it's centralised, sifting applications, then the interview process, the hiring process, then the onboarding and training process is immense. And if you've got high churn of staff, low retention, you're just exacerbating that problem. So actually in a cost base that you want to decrease, you're increasing because you're spending all this management and normally expensive, the most expensive time in that process. So I think Sammy, you've seen instances where potentially people have then started to think differently about an incentive, so maybe linking the management bonuses to retention. Yep, absolutely. So uh, again, when when we say about you know asking staff and thinking differently as a uh, ask, sorry asking your workforce what it is that they're seeking and 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 thinking differently as a business, a lot of research suggests that as as we said earlier, people want to take pride in what they do. They're looking for that career opportunity or there might even be an opportunity that they're looking for to work elsewhere in the business, not just build on where they are now. So there are things that have come to light from businesses uh, doing all kinds of initiatives like, as you said, linking uh, managers' bonuses to employee retention. That could be one way of of looking at it. There was a, uh, a story that was circulating in uh, at a, a few years ago in businesses I was working with where a, a manager had a, a reputation, a senior manager had this reputation for letting the manager below him go, as in firing him, if they had come to him saying, I need to let Sammy go because he's not pulling his weight. And they were unable to answer the question, what have you done to enable 
or upskill that employee. So whether or not that was true, I, don't, I probably doesn't matter. I think the point is that there are that we, we need to think a little bit about about are we doing what we can to enable the workforce, the employees to work as best as they can, and, and technology can help with that. But so too can a change in mindset. What does it mean to to be a manager or a, or a team lead or someone that's in charge of people in the business? I'm, I'm not just there to sort of nag them to be at work on time and leave them to it. I'm there to help them succeed in the job that they're doing because, as Dan rightly said, that benefits the business. And then maybe I do have the opportunity as a business to throw more money at, at, at my, my key workers because I'm, I'm more successful because my employees are more engaged and more productive. And simplifying the processes and kind of focusing on driving sales is clearly the key for, for most industries now. So taking out that fat, that waste. And again, I think we kind of talked offline about ease of work. So from a colleague's point of view, can I see my payslip online? Can I book the holidays through the app that integrates to the clinic schedule? Can I get some comms back through that? Can I plan tasking? So again, and some businesses are doing this really well already, some on the journey probably a majority I'd say on the journey or maybe not even started Dan you kind of seeing that kind of stuff come through in terms of making a colleague's life easier means that they can do more they're more productive they can drive more sales or they can uh, reduce the queues at the till they can get the stock cleared quicker well that's it you want you want to put people into revenue generating opportunities as quick as possible Um, it's the way we're sort of coining this between clinics and concrete is the right person in the right place at the right time so where clinics is very good at putting people uh, into the right place at the right time what concrete can add to that is well this person is really good at selling on the shop floor or where this girl where this person may be uh, a little weaker at that they may be great at stock checking they may be the quickest person to do that Uh, And if you start to create these teams around that sort of thinking, you start to build a unit that means that you have the stock in the right place so that when someone goes and looks for it, they can pick up the right T-shirt and there can be a salesperson right there to talk them through the qualities of that. That relationship is the, the golden triangle between right person, right place, right time. And uh, we think we can achieve that and help people to to achieve that. Um, the other additional bit to your point was, I think it's almost to the detriment of a company if you are to walk into a company as a new employee and these technologies aren't available to you. I think that can be quite challenging if, if people have to work to find the right information, if they have to dig around to start talking to people because more times than not they're not going to do that and that's going to be a real struggle for them so if it's hard they won't bother and if it if they don't bother they won't engage and really that's going to be part of the the many people that that leave and churn out of retail and out of the restaurant trade and out of hotels absolutely so final thoughts as we end episode one sammy Final thoughts for the listeners in terms of tips or key takeaways on attracting and retaining staff? Yeah, I think uh, the key things for me are certainly around uh, as a continuation on Dan's point. If, you, if you've if you got tools in place that lower the barrier of entry to 
obtaining those those staff members, but also how those uh, staff members you currently have interact with the business. Something as simple as swapping a shift or, or getting my pay slip or, or communicating with my manager that tends to have a positive effect because as you attract staff, as you try to attract staff and you're telling them about the workplace or their their potential new colleagues are talking to them about the, the workplace as well, they can feed off that energy, off that, off that high engagement and, and productivity. So it really starts sort of in-house and has this, this, this effect, uh, the, the sort of infectious effect to, to those that you want to attract as well. And we are no longer in, the, uh, in a world where we're only trying to attract staff members that are uh, really keen on the industry I'm working in or that they've gone to university and studied for. We see this all over the place that, it, that employees believe, and, and rightly so for the most part, that their skills are transferable between workplaces. And someone that might have worked in healthcare is now working for Amazon or, or Uber or, or vice versa. So are we looking for the type of staff in the right place? Are we are we speaking the the right sort of language to attract them, to connect their values and what's important to them with what the business is trying to do. And I think finally, I would just say start to think of the labor pool slightly differently. Uh, I don't have to have a full set of contracted staff if I've got access to a bigger, more flexible labor pool. It doesn't mean that they're less engaged or less able to do the job necessarily. So it's time to start thinking differently and technology like Quinix can enable that for you and at the very least have conversations like this to, to talk to you about what we see other businesses doing and what might work for you. So think outside the box, I think, is the, is the, is the way to leave it. Brilliant. Love that. Dan, anything to add to Sammy's points? Um, yeah, I, I think one thing we do need to recognize is it's going to get hard uh, and harder, not to say it's been easy over the last two years. Uh, but as you started this podcast, Simon, we are we exited a pandemic into a war, into a financial crisis, and it is going to get difficult. And we've seen a big shift through the pandemic. I think we're going to see a big squeeze as we did in 2008. We, we have to be aware of this. Um, but from 2008, we can learn a lot. We can look at what people did and what successful companies did through that and really ask well how did they survive how did they excel um the high street looks very different nowadays than it does than sorry than it did in 2006 so let's look and learn from that and really that is about engaging people it is about adapting what we do and how we do it and like we've discussed before, it's not just paying. It's not just looking for how much I can get the best people for. It's really how can I get people in, engage them and keep them here so that they can excel and really start to reprofessionalize some of these industries. Um, really, what's coming isn't doom and gloom all over. Though. There, there is still money there. There will still be money there. People will want to buy products. People want to, will want to go out and spend, um, but what people will do is start to shop around. And they'll go to your competitors and they will go and look around and look for the best product that's there. 
and they'll still pay for it. But you just need to make sure that when they're willing to pay for it, you have the right people there to capitalize on that. Uh, the quality of your staff really matter and will really matter uh, in the future. Brilliant. Okay, we'll pause there. End of episode one. Sammy, Dan, brilliant start. Look forward to speaking again in episode two. Thanks, Simon. Thank you.